out there, Foxes fans, and welcome to another edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast, festively coming to you live, as always, from various time zones around the United States. As always, I'm your host, Matt Folks, coming to you live from San Diego, California, joined this evening by two of my amazing co-hosts, starting on the East Coast in beautiful New York City, Mr. Jason Becker of the New York Foxes. Merry Christmas, bud. Hey, well, you, you got me excited for a second. I thought we had one of the Gallagher brothers as a guest. <laughs> I wish. But uh, yeah, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Tom, to to you. And uh, I think the um, holiday cheer is uh, definitely spread amongst uh, all Buster fans around the world. Yeah, grab a uh, grab a big old cup of eggnog and uh get ready to enjoy this one with us guys plenty to celebrate ain't that right mr chris warner up in del mar yes sir merry christmas happy holidays to all i've got the ultimate san diego christmas going on a pint of good ipa and a mince pie you can't beat them it's a perfect combination of the two um but yeah three points looking forward to a massive massive two games coming up can't wait mate yeah, this is uh, about the the. This is as big as it gets for this season. We've said that multiple times, but we've got some crackers uh, around the bend to help us uh, celebrate Christmas and and bring in the new year and the holiday season. Some big ones on schedule, guys. Uh, wherever you are in the world, uh, those are going to be uh, can't miss matches starting on Saturday, and then of course with a massive, massive matchup with Ipswich on boxing day but before we jump ahead to that we've got some incredible football to cover for you as the foxes headed to birmingham and uh for the for the rooney vardy show as sky was you know praying for it moving this fixture to make it all about uh you know becky and uh unfortunately for sky uh our number nine was injured so how many uh how many you know, promos or things, do you think they had to throw away that they had prepared for that match, Jason, that they weren't able to use? Good. I, I, I hope they, they burned a lot of money on that and Same. blew it. Same. It was uh, perfect for me that, you know, just trying to make it about anything but the football. But uh, unfortunately for them, we, we, unfortunately for us, we got to center it around our Leicester City Foxes. And man, they put on a hell of a performance, Chris. Uh, coming into the match, we you know all the results went for our way over the weekend with Ipswich drawing and Leeds drawing. Shout out to Norwich for getting that uh, done for us. It felt big Monday night. I don't know about you two, but there was I think a combination of like you said, Matt, the results over the weekend being being uh, favorable favorable for us, and then I think the combination of us again being the only team on Monday night. It just felt like it was a really really big game, and I think. At the end of the game, you kind of saw that in the response of the manager and the players and the way they went over to the to the away end, who were excellent. Um, and yeah, it was a great, and we'll talk more about the performance, I think, in detail. But overall, um, we made it more difficult for ourselves. I think we could have won by about 20 at some point, given the chances we missed. But hey, three points is three points. And let's just keep, I mean, what, set the record now, most number of points, beat just 54. Three or whatever it is over uh, Reading broke Reading's record yeah. from 08. So yeah, just a huge, huge three points on on Monday night. Yeah, it felt like a really big game. You're right. Like I think that you know there was a definitely there's definitely a lot of buzz about about this one. You know for the right reasons. 
and knowing it was an opportunity for us to widen the gap between um, us and, and Ipswich to make, get some separation there. And then more importantly, uh, over third place with those teams dropping points and being the only game in town, it, it was an, an, uh, available on, on television for everyone around the world. It, it, was, it was definitely a, a can't-miss match. Definitely. And I think, you know, for, for Leicester fans, it was a, it was a big match. But looking around that stadium, uh, apparently oh, sure. Birmingham fans did not share the same uh, sentiment as that stadium looked about two thirds full. That was a little uh, sad. It, it, it is, um, I guess, you know, I, I thought, you know, I don't know. Um, apparently, it's just not, not not a very hot ticket up there. But there are a lot of sides you know, in the division that, that do struggle. Uh, we are certainly one of the outliers in terms of um, our attendance and also um, as a percentage of the ground. I mean, we're really filling, filling the ground every week, which is encouraging and hopefully with that brings some, some, some more kind of raucous uh, atmospheres. But it did seem like um, the, the Leicester fans at, at, um, at St. Andrews certainly held their own yesterday. Yeah, interesting stats uh, the league put out this week. I don't know if you guys saw the percentage of stadium-filled stat that came out. uh, And Leicester leading the way with 96%, followed by Leeds, which I fucking love, at 95%, because all you do is hear about uh, Leeds and their support. And here we are with a greater percentage of stadium-filled. Ipswich behind them at 95, then Norwich at 95, then Plymouth at 90 uh, but if you go down, you see Birmingham, they, uh, they've got them ranked at 85% filled. Uh, so I guess that's just the state of them right now, Chris, uh, you know, with uh, not that inspired by old uh, Runester. Yeah, I think he and I think um, Steve Howard spoke about this on the uh, BBC Radio Leicester podcast after the game. Um, he's trying to play something that that team really isn't like a possession based game. And I think ultimately... You saw, especially when we went 3-1 up, that they were much more comfortable with the big kick and rush and get the big men up top kind of mentality. And so, um, yeah, it's a weird one why Rooney's in charge there. to buy the manager and then bring someone in that kind of isn't necessarily proven. And with that playing squad, I don't think it's kind of a great match for Rooney's, the way that Rooney wants to set up his teams. Um I think, and you will talk more about it, but I think tactically Enzo played an absolute blind off on Monday night in terms of the way that I think he I, I pers- he understood to me the, the fact that we were going to be a counter-attack inside and we did absorb a lot of the pressure. And yeah, maybe I think maybe it demonstrated that we're kind of vulnerable at the back. And But I think his game plan was bang on. And if it wasn't, as I said for the fact that we couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo, it would have been a completely different story, in my opinion. Yeah, match started out a little crazily. Uh, first of all, shout out to Mads, who had two huge saves. Um, yeah. That Dembele kid, I'll tell you what, there's some pretty. that's a pretty impressive player right there. Is that right uh, winger? Yeah. Made, yeah uh, one, he's only at one foot, though, didn't he? I don't think he had yes. two, Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, drop backs, I mean, he's great on the ball, but, yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, Only one-footed, which we did find a way to kind of look like the boys were playing that. Um, 
playing that uh, knowledge, uh, but I I do think he was he was good and and thankfully you know our big Dane goalkeeper has two big saves early, uh, and then also shout out to the post who had another nice save which then led to uh, a beautiful counter attack goal from our wingers Jason. Yeah, um, I didn't really listen to Enzo's comments uh, after the game, so I might be missing something. But um, I, I don't know. I think that the game was like a little out of control and very not like how Enzo wants to set up. And that um, sequence leading up to the goal was a great example. Um, but I have to say, though, like uh, as much as I enjoy the way we kind of control games and kind of are this boa constructor of, of a team um, that just um, slowly just like saps the, the life out of our opponents. Uh, it's pretty fun also to see those kind of goals and see that breakneck football. And I, uh, as we showed at Southampton, I think if anyone wants to play that kind of run and gun style with us, I, I just don't think that other sides have the quality up top that, that we have to, um, to last and it was a it was a hell of a goal we're recording this right now um i do have the background of the uh the shithousery celebration <laughs> uh behind me on, on the screen right now yeah uh mavi gets through uh just puts a beautiful chip uh just sets it right into the back corner and then jumps over if you haven't seen it yet i, I don't know what you've been doing but jumps yeah. over the uh jumps over the wall and proceeds to just sit there and go the uh away or go the home fans pretty pretty well uh daka gets in on it Patawu gets in on it and then uh harry comes cool. Harry Winks, the nicest man in the world, goes to apologize. Or in Jason, Jason thinks he was just uh, pouring some grease on the fire. No, I think he unintentionally did that. He's trying to calm down the the, the Birmingham fans, and it looked like he was waving them away. Um, so probably made it worse. But you know, Fatawu made you know made the play, um, did a great job taking that ball down, getting up the pitch, and then finding Mavididi, and uh, who had a just a, a really deft tough deft touch to to finish there. Um, and so they hop over the ad boards, go the whole fans, um, and Fatawu had called that celebration and told Steffi that they were going to do that. And so what does Mavididi get from all of that? He gets booed every time he touches the ball for the rest of the game and yep. gets a yellow card for that. So maybe even, I love Fatawu more than anything, and I know we're going to spend plenty of time talking about him, but maybe not the best idea to take celebration advice from a highly excitable teenager but um even still like it made for some some iconic photos and and, and moments and images and incredible job but i think um the mvp of that play was neil plum actually it was in perfect position the club photographer to, to get some incredible shots uh, which i think we'll probably see uh emblazoned um in uh, around like the King Power Stadium in, in, for uh, in recent times, or upcoming, you know, for upcoming years, but yeah, it was uh, it was freaking amazing. It might be yeah. the most iconic photo of the season. It probably yeah. will go down as the iconic photo of the season. Yeah, I mean, we, we thought that like Daka and and um, Fatabu both doing backflips. Yeah. The last game was going to be up there, and then they just <laughs> go and outdo themselves. But one thing it does show is like the players are just really loving their their time right now 
and um, the players are just having fun playing football, winning games. And as a fan, I don't think we can ask for any more than that. Yeah, uh, Enzo asked about, Jordan Blackwell asked uh, Enzo about the booking. Uh, and Enzo said, we changed Steffi because he was booked and we were away. When you have one less player, it's complicated. We don't need that. He needs to improve these kind of things. But we need to understand that they are 24, 25, 26. They are human beings. They are happy. And they do some behavior that is not the correct one. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I think they, uh, who knows, maybe they took a calculated risk and saw that uh, if they did that in the, at the, you know, in the home end, there were just way too many empty seats for the Birmingham fans to, to climb over and they wouldn't get to them in time. Yeah, they were out of breath by the time they got down to the bottom and couldn't go on to the field, Chris. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, the first 10 rows just seemed to be they'd all come dressed in fancy dresses, plastic seats. It's crazy. Although I did like uh, the fact they were I did like the fact they were safe standing. That was kind of yeah. cool. That hole yeah. behind that goal seemed to be safe standing. That's definitely something that I thought was pretty interesting, but uh yeah. Hell of a finish, hell of a hell of a celebration as well. That was great. Uh, fast forward a little bit, and unfortunately, Birmingham come down. A misread pass by us leads to a goal from them in the 14th. Uh, more, you know, of that Dembele kid. I, I just, he's the kid. He's, I think he's going to be something. I just very impressive. Uh, what I saw from him, um, in this match, but yeah, so they unfortunately get one back. And then at that point, it's like, what's going to happen? Um, and then yeah, KDH, when you need him, uh, had a hell of a game. This was one of the first signs, uh, breakaway goal, 21st minute. I mean, it looked Vardy-esque the way he dribbled around that keeper uh, to slot it home on, yeah, another counterattack, Chris. Yeah, great composure. I think that was the big thing. With uh, and um, yeah, the way not to around the keeper and stuck it in the court, stuck it in the goal. Fantastic. I mean, I think yeah, he was he had a good game. Um, one thing I'm I'm enjoying about him is like he is belting it up the pitch and being super aggressive to make sure that he's in those breaks that he was the furthest man forward or he was alongside um, the furthest man forward. And that's awesome to see. Like you, last year we kind of spoke of his work rate and we kind of enjoyed the fact that he got his foot in and he always looked for a pass. But this season, like pushing forward the way he has under Enzo has been fantastic. And he's been rewarded with, I mean, obviously setting up the the goal, um, just, just the way he's, set up goals and now this goal i thought you had a good game matt yeah really really good i mean these all these counterattacks. i was just like what year is this is it yeah, 2015 all engine. of a sudden it's like, on engine. it felt like that yeah it was a whole i mean just because of how we you know have had this new style pounded into us by the boys and into this season it's just this is now you know this evolution of how we're starting to score goals this way i mean it's a great it's a great option to have Jason and I there's it's hard to argue with the results yeah I mean I don't know if we're set up to score these goals still I think that the game I think Birmingham were worthy opponents I think that they um, made it tricky for us there were a lot of kind of broken patterns to play that that led to these counters um, but it does show that like there is a kind of uh a, a, a fearless um, uh, just approach to to the play. And I think the fact that we do have these um, counterattack goals is showing that um, 
the players, I think, are, are playing more comfortably and more freely, right, and not just looking to make that pass. I think they, they understand the system. They understand their roles. And so now they can just start playing football, and we're going to see more, like, organic goals uh, come out of that. And, you know, we don't have the most um, – we certainly have it across top, right, the, the front three. We have a lot of creativity there, and we have a lot of flair and some some just – great you know attacking footballers in the middle of the of the pitch we don't really have like creative midfielders right like who can kind of unlock the plays with a sexy pass or a little triple but what we do have with the line of the plate is a shit ton of energy and and players that can can just run for 90 minutes and cover a lot of ground and um and we need to rely on that to, to make goals happen. And they certainly came through uh, yesterday. And that was, uh, I mean, it's crazy that like KDH can make that run in the first minute of the game or in the 90th minute of the game. And he's just so key to our success this season. Yeah. Jordan called it uh, to me before, before the game. He was like, look, it's, it's a nationally televised game. It's the only game around. KDH is going to have a big day. He always does. Like he, if you look back at his performances, like when they're on national television and like the eyes are on Leicester, it's like he steps it up a level. He certainly does, and he did it yeah. again. Well, great players step up in big moments, and uh, KDH is certainly that player. Uh, we weren't the only ones that noticed the slight change in play style. Jordan Blackwell also asked Enzo about that and asked if they are training for counters now. Enzo said, especially in set pieces like throw-ins, corners like West Bromwich away. The second goal, we know that at the edge of the box, we have Pat, we have Abdul, we have Steffi, we have Kiernan, we have Wilf. They are players who can attack the space in behind, and sometimes we will use that. So, I mean, whether he's going to flat out say it or not, he is admitting a little bit that they are changing and taking advantage of some of these things now. And I mean, you can't watch the game without just seeing it. it it's happening. These before, whereas the players would have passed the ball back to Mads. Now it does seem like when we see we can get a jump on things, we're looking for that forward pass instead of automatically, you know, laying it back to Vesti or laying it back to Wall. It, it does seem to be, Chris, that they're trying to find some avenues and channels forward to use that speed and i don't know if if it just happens to be that this is all happening when daca is now getting into the side if it is you know uh, uh an effort to kind of make his speed a little more useful to the side i i'm not sure what do you think yeah i don't know Matt. it's a good question i think ultimately just looking at the stats we still had 60 percent of possession throughout the game so fundamentally i think the philosophy was still there of keeping the ball and I think to Jason's point if if he if we'd score if we could have scored the Enzo way I think he would have we would have had it it's just another weapon isn't it I think that's what it's yeah. all about is just building more and more weapons to give us opportunities in situations that we may have not had before and I think to your point yeah it's an evolution of Enzo ball this ability to think about utilizing players I think it kind of also stems on the idea of how does Tom Cannon fit into this in terms of his abilities. So it's just giving us options and being, I think, flexible. Because I think as we've seen in this league, what 23, whatever number of games in it is now, is that the caliber and level of teams and the styles of team are very different. You're going to, I mean, the team we're facing on Saturday, Rotherham aren't necessarily going to be playing the sorts of football that you'd see from teams like West Brom, Sunderland, Borough, etc. So 
it, it, I think it is all about being flexible in this league and just getting three points every time. And I think I 100% agree with Jason's point earlier about creativity. It's definitely an area where I think, obviously, we can't replace Madison, but thinking about that in the future and thinking about having some more centrally creative player is definitely got to be high on the on the shortlist going into January and thinking about the summer if Touchwood would get, get promoted. Cassidy not inspiring you, huh? That's, uh... Not yet. I think he's not, <laughs> not inspiring Enzo either, is he? No. I mean, he's got I... his subs have got later and later and later. It's a it's a good point. I mean, I mean, normally it's it feels like a bit like Samson, like he's lost his hair, and all of a sudden now he's just kind of turned to <laughs> I think he needs to go back and go grow his hair out again a little. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, we could get into that miss later. He just, it, it's a confidence thing, I think. He's, I mean, he does the work to get into the position and they just, just have, he can't get the finish in. Um, I, uh, Enzo did go on to say, we don't like counterattacks, but sometimes we have to use it. We scored Southampton away with Steffi. We scored the last game at home with Mads and Abdul in behind. We play in the game, but it depends how the opponent tries to defend us. Sometimes if there's space in behind, why not use the counterattack? We don't work every day using counterattacks. 90% of our goals are not counterattacks, but sometimes we need to use counterattacks. If you ask me, we would like to win the next three game with counterattacks for sure, but we'll see. (laughs) I don't know, man. He's it's he's just throwing it out to the wind now. Well, like Chris said, it's another weapon, right? That that we have, and just showing teams that we can do this, I think exactly, and, and showing teams that we can, you know, make opportunities and you know different styles or different ways of playing, um, just will give us room all over the pitch, and and we'll keep opponents on their on their toes, and you know, teams can't just. Um, you know, outpress us and try to run and gun us, and they're, they're going to have to sit back. And then if teams do sit back, you know, we're going to control the ball, wear them out, and slowly get the ball up the pitch, and then you know, wait for those, uh, you know, um, those gaps to appear. I I just think going into you know this match, not necessarily Rotherham, no disrespect, but. Heading into Ipswich, having you know every tool on the Swiss Army knife available uh, in such a massive game, it, this is just a great time for us to be you know finding these different avenues and ways to score. Totally so, agree, Dad. Um, so then we head to halftime, guys, and then uh, right at the fiftieth minute, that boy Steffi Mavadidi scores his second of the game. Uh, and at that point, it's smooth sailing. Everyone's like, let's go. It's three to one. The boys are flying. Uh, talk a little bit about that goal. Uh, give it to you, Chris. Yeah, um, great goal. Absolutely great. The way he controls his body, his body position is great for the goal because he gives himself the opportunity to open him, open it up, to stick it in the corner. Yes, it got a deflection, um, but I think... It was just a fully deserved. I thought both wingers were excellent on um, during the game. Um, I think they stayed wide and they were aggressive on the ball. Speed, physicality, the stuff that you want to have in this league were fantastic from them both. Um, that is probably, I know it's a bit sidetracked, but that camera angle is where, when you're an away fan at St. Andrews is just perfect for those sort of goals because you've got, 
the way he cuts inside, sticks it in the corner. You can see it go in, and at the same time, the other half of the screen is just the Leicester end, and you just see him going bonkers. It's a great underestimated, I think, camera view the St. Andrews one is, especially as an away fan. And so, yeah, perfect goal and fully deserved. And I'm with you, Matt. I thought, I thought 3-1, it was game over. And it yeah. felt like the players kind of felt that too because yeah. it was just this drop in everything. And I think we really kind of let Birmingham back into the game. I think it was we if we kept a foot on the gas, I think we could have had four or five. And to be honest, we maybe should have had four or five with some of the chances. But we were just a bit sloppy, um, wasteful with the ball and yeah. kind of did that old Leicester thing of kind of shooting yourself in the foot. And especially when it went 3-2, you were like, oh, crap, here we go again. But um, it, it, that was just kind of, I think we woke ourselves up after they scored and looked okay after that second goal. But yeah, 3-1, I thought we were going to kick on like we did at, Pl- at home to Plymouth and get yeah. four, get five, because I thought we were great. I, I was disappointed because, especially for Patson, because, man, it would have been great to see him score again and just keep this streak going. But for whatever reason, Jason just didn't look like the finishing boots were there. Uh, he had some opportunities, but was just pushing it wide. I I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, he. I think he had a rough day at the office. Uh, his movement was good. Yeah. But there were a lot of plays. And I think also, I think we have to remember he hasn't had much game time um, this season. Um uh, Although, you know, he did look great the first two games. I think that the chemistry still needs to get rebuilt. There were a lot of times where he was kind of in between thoughts and wasn't really sure if he should make the pass, if he should shoot. There were a couple of plays, certainly in the first half, where, uh, you know, he he and another player kind of would look at each other thinking the other player was going to go get the ball and, and we'd lose it. And that's how that led to... Uh, scoring their first goal, which was a remarkable finish too, by the way. Uh, so he just didn't seem very comfortable. And those types of plays, those broken plays in, um, you know, involving him kind of, you know, allowed Ipswich to to kind of try to take us on the counter and, and, and get the ball off the pitch. And it, it did lead to, to at least one of their goals. So, um it just it was a tough one, but hey, look, if you can get two games like he's like his first two games, followed by yeah. a performance like this and, and then just repeat that through the rest of the season, like that's gonna be a pretty damn good year for him. Yeah, absolutely. And he his off ball stuff, like you said, was great. Um, he does just provide. I mean, even if he's not on his game, he just provides that threat that they have to respect. And it does seem like it's like that 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 speed is just there. And it's like what old, you know, back when Vart prime Vardy, they had to respect the speed because at any second the break could go. So he, he does provide that. And I, and I, I think that he's just a different type of weapon that, that they have to prepare for versus uh, Nacho and uh, you know, Vards and, 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 and Tom Cannon necessarily, although we haven't got to see much uh, what he can do yet. It's same for the opponents. So um, but yeah, Phil, a few misses. We, we spoke a little bit about, uh, the Cassidy miss, uh, getting into the position, uh, doing all the work and then just pushing it wide. His frustration continues. Um, I, I mean, at this point, what, what, what's going to have to happen with him to, to make you think that 
there is something there, Chris, because uh, I have a t- friend that's a Chelsea fan that was in town uh, over the weekend and we went to dinner. And the first thing that he asked me is, how's Cassidy? And I said, well, he started out great. Uh, you know, that first game, first game, one goal. And, and since then, it's just he struggled to find his footing. So what do you think, Chris? What's what's the verdict? Um. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure whether it's the system that we play or whether it's the league that we're in that's the problem or whether it's a combination of them both. Um I think sometimes um I think he's a bit slow on the ball in terms of the way he processes it. I think you one of the great things you talk about one of the compare KDH is that KDH has the ability to take a first touch, look up and then play that pass. Very, very quickly. And I think sometimes Cassidy maybe gets caught up in whatever he wants to do with the ball and he loses it. I think he does, as you said, it gets into great positions. And that's all and his height is a major advantage for us. But he's a big lad going up there. Um in terms of what I'd like to see for him in, I, I just don't see him. And I think you've seen that in the lineups. Like maybe over the Christmas period he'll come in a little bit more. But I just I think he has kind of gone from, and he's going to be he's going to be fighting for his place. I mean, you had obviously Dennis Pratt was ill on Monday, so we didn't make the squad. But it seems like he's back now, and he's not he's an option. And so I think it's going to be tough for the lad. I really do. I think as much as the hype that we had at the beginning of the season with him, we haven't quite seen that. But he's young. I mean, yeah. We had a certain Harry Kane on loan for us. Right. And look at what he turned out to be. <laughs> That's a shout comparing those two. <laughs> uh, but I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if um, it's, it's, it's weird to me because when you, we, you listen to Reading fans uh, where he was on loan last year, there were a few of them that were just not impressed with him and could not believe that he was even, you know, still with Chelsea. And so I, I don't know, but I think maybe we're seeing a repeat of that now, Jason, maybe it is the league. You know, yeah, look, he's still young players, you know, um, need different players, need different time frames, right, to to grow into to, to their game. Um, he's on loan. He's Chelsea's player. There isn't an option to buy at the end of the season. So unless there's that changes and the terms of the deal change, and I just... I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't feel like Cassidy is like ours to fix, right, or to to worry yeah, about fixing. It's just a shame because we've been limited for options in the middle of the pitch, and we've had to play him because we don't have. You know, Pratt has been injured, and other players have been injured, and we don't have that creative kind of midfielder in there, and so he's had pl- a lot of opportunities to come in and and, and show what he can do. Um, he has uh, had some moments where where he's looked good, but um, I just I don't know. I mean, something always seemed a little off with the deal. It didn't seem like we were ever his. Uh, I mean, I could be wrong about this, but it didn't ever seem like we were his like preferred destination. And it was more like Chelsea and Leicester kind of like convincing him like you should you should come here. And you know, I, but I I just don't know that his game is going to get to like where we'd want it to be this season. I mean, I think he's still a couple of seasons away, which is totally fine, especially for a player of his age. I just don't know, like, how much how much effort, like, how much work do we need to put into to doing that? You know, we have one objective this season, and that is to get promoted. 
and it's not to develop um, a, a Chelsea player that's yeah. not going to be ours after the end of the season. We brought him in simply to get a um, uh, an economical option and, and to be a player to help us get promoted. And I think that's it. I think that's where it begins and ends for him. And if he can do that for us and get better, uh, good enough to, to help us with that, then then fine. And then if not, then like we don't have to worry about him, I think, ever, ever again. Uh, yeah. It sounds cold and, and, and rude, but that's the, I think that's the reality of the situation. Now, here's what I'm saying about a lone player. But in the meantime, after Fatawa, I will lay my life on the line <laughs> right now. Like he is leaving Lester at like over my dead body. Like this kid like, yeah. has to say, no matter what we can do, we have the best pair of wingers that we've had in many, many years. The kid's incredible. He loves it. So maybe I am being a little bit hypocritical there, but for Tawu, we do have an option to buy him, right? And yeah. so yeah. I think there's Very a point. difference there. I think there in Fatawu, what we're seeing is probably a player that's more long in his, in his development and maybe a, just a better overall player, but also a kid that's like really, really wants to be at Leicester. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'm not seeing that necessarily from Cassidy. Would you, hey, Jason, here's a question for you. So you obviously have Fataru number one. If we were to rank the four out of Fataru, Madavidi, Doyle, and Cassidy, obviously it seems that one and four are pretty much no-brainers to us. Like well, Madavidi was a permanent. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he's a permanent, sorry. Um, Doyle and yeah. Cassidy, yeah. like, where do you see us wanting to invest the time in someone like Doyle, to your point? earlier where you're looking for now but potentially the future and Doyle is somebody that has performed but before his injury as and shown potential as a as a good player like should yeah. should we think as fans of him as somebody that's just going to be a here for the season and thanks for your service type thing or do you think the club's going to be interested in taking that to the next maybe speaking to Man City about opportunities come next season next summer well, I think from what I know of the Doyle deal, we were trying to get some some option into that deal so that we can we had the ability to make that permanent if we if we wished. And Man City just were we're not having it. And so I do think that maybe we see Callum Doyle as a slightly different project than than Cesare Cassidy. And Futao, I think we definitely see or um see as a as a as a as a priority I would imagine and uh priority that that you know and we would look to sign him the the terms of that that fatu deal do seem to you know give us that that ability to just purchase him outright is it was it 15 million 17 17 17 million euros i think um so that's a bargain absolute bargain that's what i i messaged the group i said we better fucking rip their hand off and take that deal because if they can, they'd be silly not to be just jacking that number up watching right now. If they're going to try to sell the kid at all. I mean, he's infectious, Jason. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to take every kind of deal with sporting with a, you know, and anything they announce about any of their deals with this, with a grain of salt, because they will yes. always try to figure out a way to screw you. Uh, Good Good but, but I, it does seem like there there's an option there and it does you know it, it, from from the way that Fatawa was talked um and from the way his career is gone you can see just like it really wasn't working out for him at sporting he wasn't happy there didn't seem to see eye to eye with the manager 
and now he's come to Leicester and he's just like he's basically doing everything but coming out and saying please make this permanent right like he has become the kind of the mascot of the side in in a way and he's yeah. quickly become like such a fan favorite he's the, the he loves his teammates and he's just i i've never seen someone like just celebrate others success and successful moments like like he does he's just so happy when anyone of his teammates scores or does something well and he feeds off the 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 positivity from the fans i mean if anyone hasn't watched this yet like go on a lesser social and and watch that video of him with a with the camera with a with the phone recording a video after the game going up to all of his teammates and celebrating and then running yeah, up where did he get that phone he, from it must have been the social I, media manager social media like, hey, have club, at it. yeah all right okay. genius yeah. move to them by the way that was yeah. just that was what a move yeah and so i mean if you know he 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 was doing backflips when when pats and daka scored um you know, uh, against QPR, he was, you know, going nuts and celebrating with everyone. And, and you know, you had the players kind of scrapping and sticking up for each other. And um, the kid is just like, I'm, he's like, he's my favorite player that I've, I've, I've seen in, in, in years. There's just something about him that, like, he's an incredible footballer. I think he's going to be a superstar. I think there's no doubt about that. And then he's just so much fun to root for. He just makes the game fun. And that's what it's about. We were missing that, right? We were missing all that fun, especially last season. And under kind of Rogers for a while, it just just wasn't fun anymore. And then here comes Patahu, who like just like brings so much joy to the game. Yeah, it's a great shout. And you know who I kept young, energetic, just looks like he's having the time of his life out there. I'm going to say a name. Tell me if I'm crazy, but I'm getting young Anthony Knockart vibes oh. off of him. Uh, I, just I, a guy that the fans are, he's just sending us through the moon. Like, I, I, it, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. I think that, I, I use the word mascot intentionally because that was the same word I used to always use to describe Anthony Knockart. Oh, that's he awesome. was like the team mascot. He was like the second Filbert Fox. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, you know, Fatawu is kind of doing that as well. It's so much fun. Don't sell Fatawu. <laughs> Doesn't roll off the tongue quite as well. But uh, yeah, shout out to Abdul. He's just, I, I mean, I it, he is just joy encapsulated, Chris. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, as you guys were talking, I was, I know, God, I think they released their 55 man squad, preliminary squad for the AFCON this uh, today. And so I was just intrigued to see whether any, thanks whether for made, the buzzkill there Chris. i know i don't i can't see it maybe not who knows we'll have to do some digging but i mean why not i mean i think he's represented them under 23 i mean he's put the performances in yeah one of those one of those potential we might uh, hope we don't but <laughs> we could we could lose him yeah <laughs> i hope we do we have a little <laughs> nigel pearson um kind of situation like with jeff schlup and the ghanaian fa <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. but Oh man, he's going to be such a huge miss, right? If, if he goes uh, to to Afcon, uh, but I think he fully deserves a spot there based on based on how he's played. But you, know, if I can, and I, I don't think any of the decision makers at the club listen, and and I'm not sure if um, if Abdul, you listen um, to to the pod, but 
and I know it's still only December, but uh, if if someone here is at, at listening to this at Leicester City, or if you're uh, and the ball's in your court on whether or not to make this deal permanent, or if the deal has been presented to you, Abdul, and you are still deciding, this is my appeal to you to make this happen and to stay. And uh, the love that you're getting from the fans now will will, will only multiply. Uh, I just I'm picturing him, you know. And I don't want to put the horse before the cart, cart before the horse, but uh, man, I, I just see him rocking Premier League stadiums and just shithousing fan. I just, I'm, I'm ready for it. And uh, the evolution of him and, and becoming just an all-star for us. Like I am here for it. So with that win guys, that gives us a 13 point cushion now, which is, I mean, it's, it's December 19th, you guys. And we are sitting with a 13 point cushion uh just just it's insane jason yeah uh and we have to keep going until afcon starts we have to keep building because uh we are going to lose some of our more important and dynamic players and i i think um we're going to drop points during that time so as, as many points as we can accumulate now um we we have to just like put the pedal to the metal and and just do whatever it takes to win games and be as pragmatic as possible right now, um, knowing that um, we're going to have some some pretty big gaps in the squad um, come January and February. Uh, just a few goal stats for you uh, with his brace. That now brings Steffi to seven goals. And with KDH's goal, it puts him as seven as well. So those two sit atop. Uh, Vards is next with six, followed by Nacho with five, Casey McAteer with four, Winksy with two, Yannick with two, and Didi with two, Fatawu with two, Daka with two. Uh, so, yeah, they're at the top there, KDH and Steffi. So, I uh, long may continue. Yeah, I, I guess, um, you know, while Fatawu is is um, getting all the, the, the love and, and, and the plaudits, I mean, I think Steffi Mavididi has been um, unfairly criticized Um uh, at, at different points of the season. And uh, for me though, look at his stats, right? He's got, um, he's averaging better than a goal contribution every other game. That's and insane. you really can't, can't ask for, for much more than that. You know, he's on pace to get, um, you know, get over 15 goals for us this season, probably 10 assists. Um, and, and that's like, if you can get 25 goal contributions out of, out of a winger, uh, his first season with your, with your club, uh, you've done something right, and he's done something right. And um, I, I was glad to see him, see him get get a couple of goals. I think you know he has been knocking on the door um, for in most games, and um, and like hopefully this kind of you know sees him playing like full of confidence now. And uh, I think I think you know between Mavadidi and Fatawa, we just have you know such an exciting duo over years really is um look like you guys had an incredible turnout in new york city for a monday that i i yeah. gotta tell you dude. Dude, amazing absolutely OGF, amazing. i think nine or ten of you there there were I, ten I, in the photo there were a couple of folks who weren't in the picture too so it was a would have been a bigger bigger crowd but i think you know everyone um kind of felt the situation right and and, and this feels like it felt like a really big game we've been getting some good turnouts especially like midweek or during weekdays which is a lot of fun Hopefully we um, keep it going against against Rotherham. I know Boxing Day is going to be huge. Yeah. 
it's it's boxing day we're gonna have a, have a big turnout um so it was a lot of fun and, and the, oh man if anyone was in new york city and didn't get down to football factory you really missed out because before our game uh fluminense were playing uh, in the semifinals of the club world cup and they packed out the the left side of the bar wow and nuts and then they won that game uh president john kennedy scored another big goal for them <laughs> and uh and they had the drums going and you know all the songs and, and they stayed for like well into our game so every time we were celebrating a goal they were running over to our side jumping around <laughs> it was uh it was a lot of fun oh they've got man it's just like they got man city uh yeah on thursday friday i think it is oh yeah. man so my my guy tommy um uh, you know one of the former uh, uh bartenders at, at football factory he's going to be really really torn because he's a both a, a man city and, and a flu fan so i'm gonna have to see what he's going to do for, <laughs> for awesome. the final where he's watching oh man so yeah we uh didn't have an official meetup uh for san diego but uh we will like you you brought it up we have the rather match on the christmas eve uh so i it's gonna be a hell of a turnout here in san diego already putting out the bat signal for everybody to bring an extra friend uh so if you're anywhere near san diego on christmas eve if you're in town visiting, 23rd, please, please, yeah yeah don't, don't 23rd i'm so sorry 23rd. I'm so sorry. I am looking at my calendar wrong. But yeah, the 23rd. So if you are available and can come join us on Saturday at the foot, it'll be a 7 a.m. kickoff against Rotherham. Uh, our first team that we are, uh, re- this is our second time playing on. This is the first, uh, it's unbelievable to me that we're already now going to be playing teams for the second time. Um, Rotherham, unfortunately for them, sitting at dead last in the league, which I thought could I thought that was just destined to be a spot for Sheffield Wednesday, but uh, they are sitting at 24th, just having a hell of a time, Chris. Um, your thoughts going into Saturday? Yeah, it's a big game. Um, the reason I say that is twofold. Um, firstly, Ipswich have got leads earlier that day, and depending on that result, there's going to be opportunities to either extend over both, extend over one of them, put some daylight, which is... Yeah. And then secondly... The Christmas period's all about momentum because the games come so thick and fast. What we're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, Tuesday, I think it is, or something crazy. Like we can't we just need to continue that momentum through the Christmas period. And then when we get to Jan the sixth and the FA Cup, it becomes more of like a break. And so huge game. Um look, they're gonna we know what's gonna happen. They're gonna sit deep. They're gonna wanna be defensive, put in a low block, and it's gonna be up to us to show the creativity and be decisive. And I think most importantly, take the chances that we're offered. Like if we end up being as sloppy as we were against Birmingham, when it came to chances, I think it could be a little bit more bums at the edge of your seat, a bit nerve wracking. Like we've got to do better. And I think Enzo is going to message that. Like we've, when we get into those good positions, we've got to at least hit the target. And I think on Monday, you saw a lot of opportunities where, we got into that position and we either, and we just scuffed it wide. And so I'd like to see us do that more. Um, but I think ultimately uh, it's got the same sort of vibe that the Plymouth game had. So I think For sure. we should beat them comfortably. Yeah. I just want to see, I want to see us fucking finish a game. Like I just get, get out to the lead and keep, 
the foot on the throat. It, this, you know, it's gonna. We've gotten away with it a few times this year, guys. But one of these times, it's gonna. There, somebody's gonna score that in that 90th and tie it in a game where we were up two goals and should have put it away. So the more we pussyfoot around in this league, it's just not a league where you can continuously play like that, Jason. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe this will be the opportunity. Yeah, you know, for for us to do that, but uh, it would be great to go into that Ipswich game, um, where the result doesn't necessarily matter, right? Even like if we can build up at least a three point gap somehow, uh, and then you know, even if we lose that game, we're still in first place. Is uh, I think that would be be um, be an ideal position to for us to be in. What kind of uh, let's let's just jump ahead then, guys, because we obviously won't be able to get a um, another show between uh, the Ips. So we got to cover this massive Ipswich match as well. We might as well jump into that. Uh, first of all, Chris, for the fans that will be traveling, what kind of drive are they looking for? Three hours. It's the, the old joke that no matter where you are in the UK it's three hours to <laughs> Suffolk. I mean, it's a shitty drive for Leicester fans because the A47 so it, imagine it being a almost like a two-lane highway for three hours straight. And it's just an awful, awful, awful drive. And you have to go around the famous Kings Lynn roundabout, which is just this ginormous mess of trying to get off at the right exit and all that sort of stuff. So no, fair play to every single one of the Leicester fans that's going to make that trip. It's not fun. Not fun at all. Yeah. We used to do it. When I was a kid, we used to go to Yarmouth and that area for our vacation in the summertime. And it would only be like 100 miles, but it would always take three hours. So it's a, <laughs> a shit, shit drive. So fair play to every single Leicester fan. And I'll say as well, kudos to the club yeah. for Sky doing as a dirty and sticking it at 8 o'clock on Boxing Day night. Um, kudos to the club for offering discount tickets for the fans. And I mean... A huge shout out to the fact that we sold out as well, which is just absolutely incredible. I mean, the away support is just fantastic for Leicester City. And so, um, yeah, we're behind every single one of them um, on, uh, on, on Boxing Day. I think if we go to the game, um, it's going to be really, t- they're going to be, they're going to be up for it. And they're oh, going to yeah. be up for it. It's, it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be tight at the beginning. We're going to need to be switched on from the get go. Um, you could see almost a little bit of, and it, it depends on, because Ipswich are a great side to watch as well. So it'll be interesting to see whether we try and dominate possession or whether we see a little bit of what we saw against Birmingham where we give them the ball in certain, in the third, but then we're looking to be super aggressive once we get it. And I think you'll see a little bit of both. Um, and it's a really important game as well because I was just looking at the fixtures. We play Ipswich again before the end of January. So yeah. within the next month, wow. we're going to be playing second place twice. And if wow. we can get six points from them, then by, massive, absolutely massive. Yeah. So huge, huge game and huge, huge month coming up. Yeah, they play a lot of high-scoring games. Um, they definitely give up goals. They score goals, but they give up plenty. Uh, so I think we will see goals in that game. They had an awful time finishing against Norwich. Um and um, yeah, they just looked really bad from goal, even though they did get two goals in that game. So that's going to be a fun one. It, it is, and and like if if Monday was a can't miss match, then um, Boxing Day is a hundred times that. 
Well, unfortunately for me, uh, I'm in the middle of training new uh, employees left and right at work, so I will be having to take that one in on the uh, radio, as I have done several times this year, and obviously not ideal for me, but... You know, we do what we can to support this club. Uh, I know, Chris, you are planning on you're going to we're going to have people at the Blue Foot. I'm going oh, so yes, to miss it, it's but gonna be a, it's going to be a big day. I mean, Boxing Day is a huge day in the UK. It's kind of the biggest day of football. It's it's fun. It's just one of those days where they do it on the TV. They'll have games on right from midday all the way through to the evening. It's one of those days post Christmas where you just sit by the telly and watch football all day. So I've grown up with Boxing Day being an absolutely massive day. So, yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, always, I would argue, for me, it's bigger than Christmas Day as an adult now. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. So, yeah, guys, if you're in uh, San Diego, noon kickoff uh, on Boxing Day against Ipswich, uh, go down and have a pint with Chris and Rodney at the Blue Foot. Uh, what uh, sort of festivities will be going on in New York, Jason? Well, we were definitely having a meetup for the Rotherham game. Um, I may not be there, but we'll definitely have a crew there uh, for the game this weekend. And then I'm expecting a pretty big crowd for Boxing Day, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Suck it, Ed Sheeran. Uh, We are going to be coming for those points. Uh, Wanted to also shout out real quick. Saw the ladies had a tough one uh, over the weekend. Another draw for them. Uh, what did you see in that one, Jason? Yeah, I mean, it's been a tough season, right? Seeing out games. Um, um, you know, we've scored some some great goals and, and t- taken some 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 real chances, but it's just, you know, it's been tough to, to see out games this season. But, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, that the, the last game of, of 2023 with a little, little bit of a break, hopefully we see, um, you know, the, the club kind of uh, – and you know, address that, that issue. And, um, but I think there's enough quality in the side for sure um, to kind of fix that and, and, and turn, turn that aspect of the, of their play around. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I think you've definitely, we've, we've talked about the progress the team's made and that progress is always going to be something that's going to be incremental and going to, and I think to your point, the, the, we just need to learn how to close games out. And if we can do that, then we can take that next step. So I think, I know normally this time of year, as a Leicester City women's, women's fan, we're always thinking mm-hmm. about whether there's going to be a managerial change. It's happened, what, two seasons on the bounce around this time. I don't expect to see anything. I think the, the, direction, of the, the direction the team is going is the right one. And I just think we need a bit of time and a, few, a little bit more investment in the squad. But... Um, yeah, I, I think I think we're on the right track, and it's just a bit frustrating at the moment that we can't kind of the Brighton game and now the West Ham game that we've just not been able to keep that. I mean, to your point, Matt, keep that killer instinct, keep yep. that foot yep. on the net, keep that right. go play ninety minutes all the way through. Yeah, at the moment, <laughs> kind of yeah. parallels. So damn near a month break for the ladies. So uh, hopefully they can uh, figure some stuff out at Beaver Drive and come back stronger against Derby County uh, on January 14th. They got an FA Cup uh, matchup with Derby. So uh, good vibes to Willie and the girls uh, as they head back into action next month. Um, Either of you have anything else that you wanted to touch on? I just want to wish everyone a very happy holidays and um, 
you know, just grateful for, for anyone who uh, takes a little time out of the week to, to listen to us and, and um, gotten to meet so many awesome folks um, who, who, know, who know about the pod and, um, and also just want to, you know, thank everyone who's uh, come out to, to, to watch games with us at, uh, at the factory with the New York Foxes. Uh, it re- really means a lot um, that, you know, if, if you're in, ta- in town or, um, if you're coming in from, from anywhere else and you, you, you make the stop off to to see us and hang out with us, it's awesome. We had a, we had a, one of our, one of the Philly Foxes was in this weekend. We had some folks in from Leicester as well, and um, and looking forward to uh, to seeing all those folks again and, and and meeting some some new faces um, the rest of the season. Yeah, I definitely wanted to add to that. Um, it It's just, especially, you know, being over there earlier this year and meeting so many of you uh, amazing, incredible UK listeners uh, that that are tuning in every week. And then, of course, our faithful American Foxes that are listening to us every week. You guys, it just, when I look at the numbers on this pod that, you know, essentially is four friends that just like to talk about our number one thing in the world, which is this club. And the fact that, you know, we're, averaging around 400 people listening to this show every episode it's 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 just still mind-numbing to me i can't it's hard to wrap my head around so thank you uh to all of you that continue to you know spread the word about the pod and um leave great reviews for us and and give us those retweets and those likes it just it means the world and that's that's why we're doing it so yeah just merry christmas and happy holidays to you and yours um I'm sure I uh, say, Chris, you're on the, you're, you're on the same, uh, same level. Yeah. hundred percent. Christmas is all about, for me, it's all about family. And I think one of the things that we've instilled through the podcast and across the U S is a Leicester city family. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty wild to think some of the things that we've done as collectively as a group. Um, I mean, what Philadelphia was what March of this year or whenever it was. And we had an amazing group of people from all over the U S get together. And uh, it's great to see all of these fan groups going around, being part of it. And so long may continue. Everyone have a wonderful vacation. Happy holidays to all. And yeah, um, I can't, man, I'm so excited. Can't wait for boxing day. Bring on the tractor boys. Bring on the tractor boys and Ed Sheeran. Uh, I am here for it, guys. Uh, On that note, it is going to wrap it up for this edition of the U.S. Foxes podcast. Yeah, like we said, Merry Christmas to you and yours. And thank you, as always, for listening. So from Oakland to Odeby, we'll see you next time (laughs) on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Cheers. Cheers.